Hey, what's up everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike and making this video for the masters athletes out there. I put a blog out and just want to highlight some of these on YouTube for you as we talk about getting ready for your next season. You know, whether you are training for your first Grand Fondo or going for a Masters National Championship, you are an athlete and that's awesome. I think a lot of people at times graduate college, they go through their late 20s, maybe early 30s, they have a family and they lose that athletic fervor that they've had in their life previously and they say, oh, I'm not really an athlete anymore, but you really are. And there's no better time to kickstart everything than right now if you feel like you've lost some of that. Um, I work with a lot of masters athletes and even though sometimes we look at like the pro races, the big race of the day, the 35 plus, 45 plus, 50 plus categories are still super competitive and I have a ton of respect for anybody towing the line trying to become a better version of themselves. So if that's something that interests you, uh, listen on as I give some tips that I've used as now I'm a baby master at the age of 38. Um, and I'm still trying to, you know, be competitive for as long as I can in the pro one races and uh, look forward to even getting in the big 40 plus races. So um, a lot of people sometimes say, oh, you know, I can never PR something from seven years ago. In another video, I talked about this. There's better training techniques. We know so much more by using the algorithms on the computer. We know how to really target your physiological systems. You can beat PRs from years ago. So you can be your fastest now. Even if you were a pro cyclist, there are definitely things that you weren't doing as well as you can do now. So if you were just an amateur rider and someone that was like kind of training, you definitely can beat those numbers. So it gives you something to look forward to. Um, you know, I think we're kind of told that we're supposed to get slower and fatter and out of shape as we get older in our society. And it's just not true. If you don't want to, um, don't. I'm not picking fun at people that choose that path, but you can get fitter. And I think it's something that you should uh, highly consider. So first tip, continue your proper training schedule with periodization and rest. Um, the real big thing that I see athletes come to me and say, well, my kids are gone now, so I have 20 hours a week, and they just go on there riding a ton. When you really look at the rides, though, there's so much wasted junk time that you could be spending with your spouse, you could be spending on another hobby, that you could be spending better cycling. Um, don't just look at your hours and saying, you know, this is what pros did, they did 20 hours when you have, you know, only 10 hours of quality riding in there. Um, it adds nothing. If anything, it's a detriment. So, use your time wisely um, and periodize the training. And also, you know, when your buddy has 20 hours a week to ride now also and he's down the street and he's telling you there's the group ride on Wednesday and the one on Friday and then the other guy's telling you, well, there's Saturday and Sunday, admit, you know, you, you're being pulled in so many directions, you can't do it all. So you have to pick and choose and you have to rest appropriately if you really want to train hard. So you can still use the group rides. I would say, you know, go to this group ride one week, go to that group ride another week. It's a high intensity training session, um, but really read the other blogs. It's probably not the best one, but there's got to be a social side and fun side to your training. So we'll keep them in there. But, you know, use different ones to continue to develop as a cyclist. And I just mean that by saying each group ride tends to have the same segments on it, like group ride A, 
There's a five minute effort here. There's a one minute effort, then like a two, two minute town line sprint. If you do that every week over and over, all you're good at is that one. And it's probably the same people showing up to it. So vary it up by going to different group rides if you have to have them in your schedule. Number two, lift heavy. Uh, you know, everybody says that you're gonna lose muscle mass and you're gonna get weaker as you get older, but lifting heavy definitely slows this process. Lifting heavy also is gonna make you a stronger cyclist. It's gonna add watts. It's gonna make VO2 max efforts easier to dig deep. Maybe I shouldn't say easier. You're gonna want to dig deep more though because you just have another gear in there. Um, FTP efforts definitely it helps out. Um, utilizing things like high torque along with that, I've found to be very beneficial for myself. And just the more power and strength that you have, the stronger of a cyclist you're gonna be and the longer your cycling career will go. So it's an amazing thing for longevity. Um, and for any female rider out there, if you've read Stacy Sims' Roar, it's a great book. She always says, lift heavy shit, and you definitely should. So with that, number three though, is keep the cycling training intensity high. And you're like, wait a minute, you just told me to periodize and rest and don't just do group rides, da 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 da. High means really freaking high, meaning go really, really hard. And guess what? You're not gonna be able to go really extremely at your hardest if you're always at a group ride. You're just gonna be too tired. You're not gonna be rested enough. So I'm not saying get totally on a polarized schedule, but think polarized enough where three hard workouts a week are the max. And when you're going hard, you gotta be going very hard. So you wanna hit 100% FTP efforts of a longer duration. You wanna still be able to do really intense VO2 max efforts. Um, if you're a time trialist, you wanna be able to ride for a long time at 105% FTP. So you can be 55 and still kick butt. You just gotta be really smart with the training. Uh, what are we at? Number four, get personal with your recovery routine. And that means figuring out what helps you recover the most, whether it's cupping, foam rolling, getting a massage, um, you know, also looking at your schedule and understanding how much rest you need, how much time off the bike you need. You might be someone that after two weeks and like six hard workouts, you're tired. You're too tired that anymore is just gonna be non-functional overreaching and you're not gonna really be making gains. You're just gonna be getting tired. Take a rest week or fiddle with how the rest weeks work. Maybe your rest week's only four days then um, every other cycle or something like that. But get personal with it and listen to your body. Uh, eat like an athlete is number, is that number five? I believe so. An athlete. So you're going to go out with your friends. You've got the time to go out and eat dinner out on, at a restaurant. You really don't know what exactly they're putting in ingredient wise. And that's okay. If you're someone that eats out a lot, you know, lean more towards the things that you can guess what's in it, like salads with a protein on it, or um, stay away from the super heavy dishes. It's okay to indulge every once in a while, but I know older athletes that go out to eat a lot more because they're tired of cooking for a whole family if, if you don't enjoy cooking naturally. Um, so continue to think of whole foods, and when the holidays come around, don't just gorge yourself because I'm a cyclist. Stay fit, if you don't gain weight during the holidays, it, it will make your life so much easier when you go through your base and build phase. Number six, range of motion and stretching. Cue up the yoga class. Uh, this is a great way to have a rest day activity with your spouse. 
It's a great way to stay limber and strong. It's a great way to increase longevity and have a clear head. Yoga is amazing. I don't go to any formal classes right now just due to time constraints, but I do yoga stretches and poses on my own, and man, it's awesome. Um, we actually also put up some off-the-bike workouts that you can do, some core work, bands, and then kind of broke it down into lower and upper body that when you're just at home, you know, bang out three by 10 of, you know, a circuit that you make up after you ride a couple times a week, it'll make a big difference. Number seven, stay competitive. Um, doesn't mean you have to race, but it does mean you should go for some KOMs and you should try to get in a group ride and race your friends. And, you know, staying competitive, you can dose the high intensity That'll be beneficial for you for your events. It'll help you with planning. Um, you know, it'll give you also that thirst to learn new stuff, to try and stay on top of new training techniques, stay on top of new technology, stay involved in the sport. You know, the things they did 30 years ago, you're there's very few that we're doing now, or there's better ways to do them. So stay on top of things and don't be the guy that or the girl that dwells on the good old days, like telling stories from 20 years ago. Tell a story from two weeks ago where you crushed a super long ride or you won a master's race or just some awesome thing on the bike happened. But it's going to be really hard to find those wins if you're not competitive. So have that hunger and challenge yourself to win and not just ride. Um, riding's awesome and I'm a cyclist before a bike racer, but I do put challenges you know, on my own training calendar. Um, I think it's really important. Cross-training in the non-race season. I would say, for me, cross-training right now just means lifting more. Uh, you could go and play different sports or you know, ski or jog, etc. But just changing it up and you know, I think my number one choice is yoga and lifting weights. So I just find a lot of benefit from mobility and loading your skeleton, basically. So the last one, obviously, have fun. Um, I've had surprisingly more Masters athletes than I would ever expect still having some personal questions of like if they belong in the group or if they're good enough to go ride with person X, Y, and Z. or And they just kind of get caught up in like the, the them versus others. Just go have fun. Go Enjoy the event, enjoy racing, enjoy the group ride. It doesn't matter if you're not the best. No one cares if you go to a fast ride and you get dropped. Like the fact that you're showing up to something and you're inactive and trying to be competitive, like that is a winner. I don't know what more, winning is awesome, but it's not everything. And you just gotta go out there and you're gonna surprise yourself. You know, you're gonna surprise yourself in how much growth you have when you go through some of these things and you really think about your training again. So there's really no better way to get faster and to learn than jumping in the ring and competing. So have fun while you're doing it. And um, it'll be fun to start the process or restart the process wherever you're at, okay? And then you'll look back in a couple years and be like, man, that was awesome. I'm glad at age 48 or 54 or 60, I got back after it. So. I would love to hear your tips because as I said, I'm just a baby master. I'm just three years into this and unfortunately missed masters uh, nationals because of COVID this year. 
I'll probably still keep doing P1 stuff as long as I can, but Masters 40 plus, I'm hungry for that. So let me know what tips you have that we can share with others. And please like the video, share it with a friend, and email me if you have questions. Thanks for watching. See ya.